welcome to the Election Ride Home for Tuesday, February 25th, 2020. I'm your host, Jackson Bird, with a summary of election news. Today, a recap of last night's town halls, a look at the latest NBC News Marist poll, who's endorsing who in South Carolina, and what to watch for in tonight's Democratic debate. It's four days until the South Carolina primary, exactly a week until Super Tuesday, and 252 days until the general election. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. CNN aired the first three of seven town halls with Democratic presidential candidates last night in Charleston, South Carolina. Senator Bernie Sanders, former Mayor Pete Buttigieg, and businessman Tom Steyer each got one hour to take questions from the audience. Questions which ranged from climate change to gun control and from systemic racism to the candidates' abilities to take on President Trump in the general election. Buttigieg and Steyer both came out swinging against Sanders, making digs at the senator right at the start of their respective town halls. Buttigieg, responding to Don Lemon's first question about how he'll stop Sanders' momentum, said that he believes in, quote, calling people into the tent, not calling them names online. Steyer, for his part, didn't even wait for an opening question before laying into the senator, saying, quote, I don't think a government takeover of major parts of the American economy is a good idea, and I don't think it's good for working people. I don't think it's good for families, end quote. While Buttigieg and Steyer made their cases against Sanders, the senator himself faced a number of pointed questions on his policies, candidacy, and recent statements. He did seem to anticipate all of the questions that came his way. At one point, after being asked how he would pay for his policy proposals like Medicare for All and Free Public College, he pulled a leaf out of Senator Warren's playbook by unearthing physical printouts on the town hall stage. Unlike Warren's printout last week, which was a contract she drafted overnight that would release individuals currently under NDA with Bloomberg, Sanders' printout was a list of every one of his policy proposals and how he would pay for each of them. His campaign also emailed the list out during the town hall and posted it on the campaign website, but moderator Chris Cuomo did push back, pointing out that the list total falls short of the estimated $30 trillion price tag within 10 years of Sanders' programs. Sanders rebuted, saying that they will save money because Medicare for All will get rid of the administrative waste and the profiteering of drug companies. He also dove briefly into his tax plan, noting, as usual, that costs for average Americans overall will go down. When asked by an audience member about how he would reassure people that his political ideologies are not too extreme and that a campaign like his can actually beat President Trump— Sanders pointed to the recent polls, many of which show him as the most likely candidate to win the general election, and then he explained how he doesn't think his policies are all that extreme, during which he ended up exciting the audience into a rally-esque back and forth. Is raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour a radical idea? Is making sure that all of our kids have the opportunity to get a higher education regardless of their income, because we're going to make public colleges and universities tuition-free. Is that a radical idea? This is a scientific poll. You hearing this? (laughs) One last thing on Sanders' town hall. He was asked to address the comments he made on 60 Minutes over the weekend about Fidel Castro. And if you haven't heard about this, just briefly, Sanders said on 60 Minutes, quote, We're very opposed to the authoritarian nature of Cuba, but you know, it's unfair to simply say everything is bad. You know, when Fidel Castro came into office, you know what he did? He had a massive literacy program. 
Is that a bad thing, even though Fidel Castro did it? End quote. Sanders has faced a lot of blowback for these statements, including from Representatives Donna Shalala and Debbie Mukarsel Powell, both of Florida, who condemned his statements and implied that they could cost him the support of their many Cuban-American constituents. When pressed on the town hall stage, Sanders reiterated his point about Castro's literacy campaign, said he's been consistently critical of authoritarian regimes around the world throughout his career, and pointed to China as another example of an authoritarian country that nevertheless has taken more people out of extreme poverty than any other country in history, and to conclude, he shrugged, quote, "...truth is truth." Moving on to Mayor Pete Buttigieg's town hall, in addition to criticizing Sanders' campaign, Buttigieg faced his own questions about electability, specifically with regard to how being mayor of South Bend, Indiana, has prepared him to be president, and what he'll do to make up for lack of experience, to which he laid out his usual line about most senators not having management experience, which he has in spades from being mayor. Buttigieg was also challenged on how he would win the support of people of color, particularly women, and what he would do to confront gentrification. He talked about the need to be proactive and intentional with policies and to build teams made up of people of color to help draft and enact those policies. He also mentioned his plan for a, quote, 21st Century Homestead Act, explaining it as a plan to use federal funds to allow families from historically excluded communities to take title of properties in those communities. And finally, Tom Steyer, who, in addition to criticizing both Sanders' policies and his recent remarks on Fidel Castro, was put to task over his plans to address the climate crisis. Moderator Chris Cuomo asked why people should be okay with Steyer's plan to use the executive emergency powers of the president to address the climate crisis, when many of them are discomfited by President Trump's use of emergency powers. Steyer shot back that the climate crisis is an actual emergency, and therefore using that executive emergency power is entirely appropriate. Steyer was later challenged by an audience member with maybe one of my favorite questions from a town hall in a while. Tom, as we just heard, you claim to be pro-environment and raising significant alarm about climate change. Yet, we have been receiving so many mailings from your campaign, literally three to five times per week for months now. And canvases from your campaign have left, I can't tell you how much printed material multiple times at our front door. How do you justify this unnecessary overkill of mailings and printed material in a digital world that would certainly be much more environmentally friendly? Steyer explained that he uses recyclable materials when at all possible, and then pivoted to how he, quote, walks the walk in his personal life by never flying on a private jet, and by raising cattle, chickens, and pigs with his wife to prove the positive impact of regenerative agriculture. Overall, the town halls last night might serve as a preview of what's to come in tonight's Democratic debate, especially with regard to most of the candidates being on the offensive against Senator Sanders in light of his recent lead. CNN will be airing the town halls with the other four candidates, Bloomberg, Biden, Klobuchar, and Warren, starting at 7 p.m. on Wednesday the 26th. There was a new poll out yesterday evening from NBC News and Marist, which shows Vice President Biden and Senator Sanders in a close contest in South Carolina. With Biden earning 27% support of likely Democratic primary voters and Sanders at 23%, which is within the poll's margin of error of plus minus six percentage points. The other candidates are as follows Tom Steyer at 15%, Buttigieg at 9%, Warren at 8%, Klobuchar at 5%, and Gabbard at 3 
An important note from NBC News is, quote, the survey was conducted February 18th to February 21st before the results were known from Saturday's Nevada caucuses, which Sanders easily won, beating Biden by more than two to one, end quote. And for anyone wondering how Tom Steyer jumped ahead to 15% in South Carolina when his national polling and polling in Nevada was so low it kept him out of the last debate, NBC News notes, Steyer's double-digit showing comes as he spent about $20 million on TV and radio ads in the state, according to ad spending data from Advertising Analytics, which is nearly 10 times more than the second-biggest advertiser, Buttigieg. According to the poll, Biden leads among black voters, an important stat to pay attention to since nearly two-thirds of South Carolina voters are African-American. Quoting NBC News, Biden performs best among likely voters who are moderates, getting support from 38% of them, African-American, 35%, and 45 or older, 34%. Sanders does best among those younger than 45, 40%, and self-described progressives, 34%. Additionally, quote, 44% say the candidate who has the best chance to defeat President Donald Trump is most important to them. Biden gets 35% of those voters, while Sanders gets 17%, end quote. And in case you're wondering, Bloomberg is not included in the survey because he's not on the ballot in South Carolina, though he has qualified for tonight's debate. Mark Murray of NBC News outlined on Twitter six reasons the poll explains Sanders as the current frontrunner. Quoting his Twitter thread here, Reason number one, you have the winner of Iowa and second-place finisher of New Hampshire, Pete Buttigieg, sitting at just 4% among likely African-American Democratic primary voters. It's the reverse Obama, Iowa winner unable to play in the South and with African-American voters. Reason two, you have the slight Democratic leader in South Carolina, Joe Biden, at just 27% in the state after his disappointing finishes in Iowa and New Hampshire. That 27% is much lower than Hillary Clinton's 74% that carried South Carolina in 2016. Reason number three, you have one billionaire, Tom Steyer, without a single delegate so far, but who's at 15% in the state after spending $20 million over the South Carolina airwaves. And Steyer is peeling African-American support from Biden, per the NBC Marist poll. Reason four, You have another billionaire who's not even on the ballot in South Carolina, Michael Bloomberg, who continues to suck up oxygen in the race and who will make his second debate appearance tonight. Reason five, you have multiple other candidates mired in single digits in South Carolina, Buttigieg, Warren, Klobuchar, who aren't leaving the Democratic race anytime soon with Super Tuesday just a week away. And reason six, you have Sanders trailing Biden by only four points in South Carolina and improving demographically across the board from 2016. He's at 20% among African Americans in South Carolina after getting 51% of the Latino vote in Nevada. Add them all up and you not only see how Sanders is the clear Democratic frontrunner, you also see how he could possibly win South Carolina on Saturday, a state he lost by nearly 50 points in 2016. End quote. We'll see if tonight's debate changes anything, especially with the candidates likely going after Sanders now that they've gotten some of their Bloomberg attacks out of their system from last week. Or at least that's how I'd play it if I were one of the candidates, knowing that Bloomberg isn't even on the ballot in South Carolina and Sanders and maybe Biden is the more imminent competition. But also this could be why I am not a campaign advisor. (laughs) 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Many have been anticipating that U.S. Representative Jim Clyburn of South Carolina will endorse Vice President Joe Biden. However, as of Sunday, Representative Clyburn says he's still deciding between three candidates, Joe Biden, Amy Klobuchar, and Elizabeth Warren. This according to South Carolina local newspaper The Post and Courier, which added, Clyburn's long-anticipated endorsement, set to be announced Wednesday, could provide a major boost to the candidate he chooses. The third-ranking U.S. House member holds tremendous influence among South Carolina Democrats, one in five of whom say they remain undecided ahead of the state's February 29th primary, according to a poll released last week. He's also Congress's highest-ranking African-American from a state where more than 60% of Democratic voters are black, end quote. Clyburn is expected to announce his endorsement on Wednesday. Speaking of South Carolina endorsements, The State, a Columbia-based newspaper, has endorsed Pete Buttigieg. They wrote, quote, It is vital for the Democrats to nominate an energetic, disciplined candidate who can offer voters a powerful yet pragmatic vision of a better America. The Democrats need a nominee who seeks to bring Americans together based on broad common ground and not divide them along narrow interests. Among the Democratic presidential candidates, former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg is the best person to meet these challenges. End quote. The Hill commented on the endorsement, saying, quote, The editorial board looked back on the last half century and noted that Democrats have only won the presidency when, quoting from the state here, it has resisted the temptation to pick status quo nominees and shown the courage to choose centrist outsiders with fresh, optimistic messages, end quote. Continuing from The Hill, the state's editors also dismissed some of the concerns over Buttigieg's ability to earn minority support. Their endorsement noted the mayor had a complicated relationship with his city's African-American community. However, the editors said that Buttigieg has, quote, made important strides by releasing ambitious proposals, end quote, on criminal justice reform and economic prosperity among African-Americans and strengthening historically black colleges and universities, end quote. The state also noted that they're unconcerned about Buttigieg's sexuality affecting his electability in a solidly red state such as South Carolina by saying, quote, Buttigieg's policy centrism is more important than his personal life, end quote. I guess we'll see how right they are come Saturday's primary. Even though it has been less than a week since the last one, tonight there will be yet again another Democratic presidential debate. 
this time in Charleston, South Carolina, and hosted by CBS News and the Congressional Black Caucus Institute in partnership with Twitter. Seven of the candidates will be on stage, Sanders, Biden, Warren, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Bloomberg, and Steyer. Because the criteria has changed in recent months, here's a reminder of how the candidates qualified, quoting The Hill, Candidates must reach 10% in four polls approved by the DNC or 12% in South Carolina-specific polls. The polls must have been released between February 4th, the day after the Iowa caucuses, and February 24th, end quote. So that is how Steyer has recently qualified and how Bloomberg is able to be there despite not being on the ballot. As for what to watch for tonight, as I've said repeatedly today, anticipate candidates piling on Bernie Sanders. Quoting the Associated Press, With mounting fear among the Democratic establishment that the self-described Democratic Socialist is on the verge of gaining a significant lead in the delegates needed to secure the nomination, several candidates are resorting to a last-ditch effort to stop him. The day before Tuesday night's debate in Charleston, they previewed their lines of attack in a series of digital or television advertisements. Pete Buttigieg, the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, highlighted Sanders' call for a government-financed healthcare system as an example of his, quote, polarization. Former Vice President Joe Biden accused Sanders of trying to undermine President Barack Obama's 2012 re-election, and former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg assailed Sanders' record on gun control. Continuing from the Associated Press, one candidate who didn't take Sanders on directly Monday, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Though she shares many of Sanders' liberal policies and could benefit if he were to stumble, she's been reluctant to tangle with him throughout the campaign. She was Bloomberg's fiercest critic during last week's debate and has signaled she may continue to target the former New York mayor Tuesday night. End quote. For his part, Sanders is still adjusting to his position as frontrunner, quoting the Associated Press again. After spending decades as an outside agitator accustomed to attacking the party establishment, he's suddenly the one on defense. His handling of the pressure could be crucial in determining whether he stays at the top of the Democratic pack. End quote. He's not the only one with something to prove Tuesday, however. The Associated Press says, After a stumbling debate debut last week, Bloomberg is seeking an opportunity to regain his footing. Biden, meanwhile, is looking to make a big impression in a state where he was long viewed as the unquestioned frontrunner because of his support from black voters. End quote. If you're interested in how all of this is playing for voters in South Carolina, 538 is doing a before and after the debate poll asking likely primary voters who they're considering voting for, how favorably and unfavorably they feel about the candidates, and which ones they think can beat President Trump. Right now, Bernie Sanders is in the lead on all three questions, with Joe Biden in second across the board. One interesting takeaway is that despite all of his ad spends, according to this poll, Bloomberg is the only candidate that is more disliked than liked. You can see all of the before results of that poll at the 538 link in the show notes, and we'll check back in on it tomorrow after the debate, which once again is on tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on CBS. And that is the election roundup for the day. You can find Election Ride Home on Twitter at Election Podcast or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Election Ride Home. Thank you all for listening. And hey, have a happy Fat Tuesday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.